oh, you're in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, I was there like three years ago for my niece's daughter's son's wedding. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> makes me pretty old. You're an old fart. <laughs> you're listening to the Remarka Brand Podcast, where authentic brands win. With your hosts, Mike Jones and David Kosand. Alright everybody, we're back for another episode of Remarka Brand Podcast. I'm Mike Jones, your co-host with David Kosan. Hello! And our producer, Sam Pagel! Yo! Alright, I'm in my World Cup mode. I'll get out of that now. <laughs> I was getting all excited. Well, uh, we're excited. We're excited for the US, yeah. aren't we? We were just talking about that. Anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, Although it's kind of related. Yeah, sort of. Because yeah. we live here. Because we do. We live here in the U.S. And the World Cup is about the world and all mm-hmm. these places and national pride mm-hmm. and geopolitics and... Anthems. Anthems and protests and... Anyway, whatever. We don't have to get down that road. But yeah. anyway, we are going to be talking today about geography and location and the importance of... Or is there still importance to these things when it comes to your brand? I feel like we live in kind of a, a new world when it comes to remote work and people are kind of geolocated all over the world that work together um, and brands are trying to figure this out. I mean, you even have customers who you may never interact with in a real world experience who buy from you um, and never actually come into an office or come into a store, or come into any kind of like real world environment. So how do we deal with that? That's what we want to talk about today. Um, as brands, how do we deal with that? But first, Sam. We're we... going to do a little name 10 things. Yes. And today, <laughs> I want to hear 10 brand names with a geographical place in them, right? I want you to, <laughs> I want you to give us 10 geographically based brand names. No wrong answers. No wrong answers. <laughs> Phoenix... Fire brands. <laughs> okay. Yep. For all your cattle branding needs. Okay. I'm going with Big Sky Brewing. Ooh, oh, Big Sky Brewing. That, what is that, Montana? Yeah, of course. See, Big yeah. So you knew as soon yeah. as you heard Big yeah. Sky. Because uh, Montana has geographically the biggest sky. Yep. As sky it were. is bigger in Montana. Yep. That's two. That's right, two. two. Uh, it's a Georgia peach. <laughs> It's a it's a Georgia peach. That's the brand name. It's that a is the brand. Peach. It's a Georgia peach. <laughs> that works. No, no. It's a Georgia is the brand name. Oh, and peach is the product. It's like an Italian guy. It's a Georgia. It's a Georgia peach. I T Z A. It's a Georgia. It's a Georgia. I like that. Uh, That's three. Three. Uh, oh, am I on? Crap. Um, the North Pole Workshop. Toys for Santa place. <laughs> there you go. I'm sold. I'm sold right from the name. Four, yeah. Hey, but I know what I'm getting. You do. I get. I get a lot. It's very clear. I get a lot. Killer I get a lot in there. Store. Killer toy store. Uh, this one actually exists. It's Texas Pete hot sauce. Woo-hoo. Made in New Jersey. <laughs> this stuff's oh, made yes. in New Jersey. Uh, Patagonia. Is that a place? It sounds like it, a place. It, it is, is a place. Totally it's a is. geographic location Thank you. Thank in you. Argentina, I believe. Hmm. Um, that is right. Argentina? Anyway. 
Um, no, nobody really knows. Nobody knows. Nobody. Maybe it's chili. Might be chili. Uh, chili, chili. Chili, chili. <laughs> chili, chili. <laughs> chili, chili served at Chili's. Oh. For a limited time only. Oh. I was excited until you added the third chili. Mm. Uh, let's let's go with uh, Oregon cheese. <laughs> it's so good, it'll be gone. Oregon before you Oregon. eat it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Alaskan king fish. <laughs> because the crab disappeared. It's Did actually you... uh, it's actually a mattress company. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the crab actually have vanished. Really? That's true. What? Yeah. So disappointing. They canceled the season. Wow. Wow. That's no wild. crab. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm One gonna more. go with uh, the Appalachian Smoky Mountain Mattress Company. <laughs> <laughs> Two mattress companies made it in there. I yeah. Did not expect <laughs> that. This is the first. <laughs> Uh, did we hit 10? Yeah, that was 10. This was oh, a great yeah. show, great show. Closed yeah. it out with two mattresses. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to love it. We really went companies. to the mattresses on that one. Yeah. But Patagonia was like an actual legit one, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah, that was legit. Yeah, I, I, I got something there. Yeah. Uh, you get extra points. Find your frequency. Location, man. What yeah, is it, location. What does it matter, though? Like... Is it a part of a brand or are we just making that up? Yeah, I think that's the question is like, how much does location matter? I mean, you can think back historically. It feels like location really has mattered for a long time for a lot of brands. I mean, we just named a couple like Patagonia, right? Where like uh, some, some idea of a place, even though the brand's not located there, means something to people right mm. there's an image there's an idea there's a feeling that comes with certain places and certainly i can think of like you know like a hot sauce company that puts the word texas in their name sure whether they're in texas or not has some kind of value to them right yeah. that that hey we're this kind of hot sauce actually it's interesting because we're we're here in arizona yeah and i suddenly remember all these brands that use the name Arizona in their brand, but it, they're not here. They're like, like Arizona, Ar iced, Arizona tea. iced tea. Uh, I think was it JC Penney's had Arizona jeans. Oh yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it was JC Penney. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, there's, yeah, there's a few of them like that. Um, what is that? Or also think about the cars. Like, uh, there's a <laughs> two Hyundai makes a Tucson yeah. Kia makes Santa a Sedona. Fe. Yeah. Santa Fe. Yeah. Why'd they steal all of the Arizona cities? <laughs> Tucson and Sedona. With that? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think at that level, location still means something, right? Yeah. Like, it it can be a way of identifying certain values or certain aesthetic or mm. maybe some kind of like some cultural norms or something, and applying them to your own products and and what you're doing. But I think what's interesting is like, for a lot of companies, you can think back to like the history of the company its founding, its original location can really matter a lot to how the brand kind of grows and gets expressed and what people think about it and, and even how it, what it means to people inside the organization, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we were founded in 1923 in this small town in the Midwest, right? And kind of these Midwest core values come in and 
um, you know, family. We're all about family and, you know, whatever. I'm making this up. But, I mean, we can think of brands sure. where that that has resonated. Yeah. Um, and now we live in a world where maybe that's a lot harder to do, where, you know, so many companies are, are really under pressure to, you know, kind of remotize their work, right? And mm-hmm. make it accessible to, for anyone to work from anywhere at any time. And so does, does location really matter as much? Is that something that we should continue to like pursue in our brand building efforts? Or should we just move on and yeah. go with our global digitized world? Or is location purely just something we use as like a external label, similar yeah. to what those car yeah. make and model? Like, because in those scenarios, you're just trying to imbue meaning in like into the the product it's not that the hyundai tucson is made in arizona it's not that the kia sedona is made in the red rocks it's that those things mean something and it should give you some kind of emotional response when you think of sedona or they're just cool sounding names yeah which is a super superficial uh (laughs) way to do that but kia sedona is a minivan and i don't know what what it has to do with sedona Maybe somebody, I don't know, maybe the Koreans are just like, Sedona sounds cool. (laughs) And so we're like, yeah, Sedona, cool. Yeah. But so that's a, that's very superficial kind of a label, like a tack on place onto my product or my brand. What you're describing is like, okay, does it matter that, you know, the place where we started things, does that need to stay with the company and the brand over Mm -hmm. time, over the, you know, decades, whatever. And then, I mean, I work for an e-commerce company. We work with a lot of them at Resound, too. Like uh, these companies that are purely virtual almost. I mean, they may yep. have offices somewhere in, somewhere across the country, but their customers, yeah, they're not going to walk in and talk to an employee of <laughs> the e-commerce company necessarily. They're just online. Yep. And so then what does place matter in that context? And then finally, I think I wanted to add one more thing, which is a lot of the times location or place makes a thing unique um think about i'm thinking of the term like garage band yeah if you think like a band that starts in a garage versus like i don't know led zeppelin or like some studio band or cover band okay cover band it's kind of like well you can get paid and you can gig and you can be a cover band but it's different than a garage band place makes the garage band what the garage band is right Mm. there's a certain flavor a certain kind of personality that you can understand immediately, just kind of intuitively when you hear garage band. Same thing with a startup, like a garage, like a startup in a garage, right? Versus uh, some, you know, it's 2022 and a startup can be some guy in Argentina and another guy, some girl in Wyoming and someone in Singapore. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's our startup. It's a lot different. They're all drinking Red Bulls and smashing them in the (laughs) the garage playing, you know, arcade games or something on their breaks. Like, does that matter? What is what does that mean? So, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. A couple other ideas there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's still something very intrinsically appealing about location, right? Like, so the superficial example we give, right? These car brands and the car product identities, right? That borrow from actual locations that in some way is seen as positive, right? Mm-hmm. To try that. And so 
I think even for brands that are really trying to build something authentic and true and meaningful and lasting, who are doing that through a remote workforce, right? Let's say they're, they've decided we're, we're going to be fully remote. We're not going to have a headquarters. We're not going to have kind of a central location. And yet place, I think, still can give you a sense of identity and meaning, right? And a sense of like, we at least are maybe not located together, but we are in locations together, right? Um, that these places matter to us. Um, they provide a sense of community, a sense of shared culture, a sense of um, geographic and weather, right? Even all the way stuff like that. I mean, like how many phone calls or Zoom calls do you do now where like the first thing is like, hey, you know, what's it like for you? Where are you, call where are you coming from? You know? Yeah. Um, it's usually one of the first things you ask somebody. Yeah, yeah. Because it becomes, even if you're not in the same location, it becomes this point of like connection. Like, yeah. where are you coming from? You know? Yeah. Um, it's usually one of the first things you ask somebody. Yeah, yeah. Because it becomes, even if you're not in the same location, it becomes this point of like connection. Like, yeah. oh, you're in Winnipeg. Oh yeah. I was there like three years ago for my niece's daughter's son's wedding. <laughs> whoa <laughs> it makes me pretty old you're an old fart <laughs> well and so actually so when i think about branding i mean if we go back to like the original like act of branding something yeah. physically there's physical constraints around that brand you're you're marking something you're imprinting something here in the real world physically and there's a constraint around that right so like if the cow has my branding on it versus yours I can go find it and see it in, you know, my ranch <laughs> within, within this physical space. When we talk about branding, it's also like a way to limit or constrain what conversations, like from a marketing perspective, what conversations we choose to participate in and what we don't. It's kind of like a guiding force. And I see location as having that same effect almost like, mm -hmm. for example, Winnipeg. Well, if we're a brand that is more, Midwest, I think you mentioned. Well, I guess mm -hmm. Winnipeg is kind of the Midwest. It's the it it's the prairies or the plain, yeah. whatever they call it. Uh, but let's say it's a Florida tropical kind of feeling brand. Yeah. Even if you have employees in Winnipeg, it's probably not the type of conversation, the feel of the of the visuals of you know, the expressions of the brand are probably not going to give you that Winnipeg feel, that look yeah. and feel, right? Because it's just not a part of our story even if we have employees there, yep. which it's great that we live in a world where you can have people from Winnipeg in that tropical you know, 20, it's 2022. So people can yep. work anywhere, but I think it's still a constraining kind of limiting factor, but not in a bad way. It's in a good way. Yep. And, and maybe we're too quick to identify this new virtual kind of metaverse kind of uh, technologies as being something great for us. I'm forgetting about the ways that the constraints are actually a good thing. Like the mm -hmm. limitations that we have that we place on our brand are actually helpful yeah. for us as a company. So, yeah, I mean, they, they provide anchor points, right. Yeah. Of like what I can, what I can kind of latch onto to, to have a sense of identity of an organization. You know, I, I think how many big corporate brands feel stark and soulless mm. because they lack those those elements that have specificity yeah right it's like well we're trying to be everything to everyone no, that's a great and word so we're really no one we're nothing to no one we right? need to be specific and so being specific well adam pierno call now
call out there. Nice. So our, our, our friend Adam has written a book about being specific. Nice. I believe it's actually called specific uh, in your marketing <laughs> and your branding. So uh, I think there's a lot of value in, in really looking where can we be more specific. And location, I think, can be one that's really helpful, really helpful for people. Um, I, I do think that's hard, right? Like how do you how do you navigate that? I think we were just talking about that today as a team. Like local culture is one of our core values and we have people all over the U.S., so it's like, how do we live that out in a way that's true and real without like it just becoming, I don't know, kind of passe or cliche in the way that we, yeah. the way we deal with it. I think it's important <clears throat> to remember that uh, brands are really first and foremost made up of people and people have to exist somewhere <laughs> geographically. And so... You may not, like you said, David, you may not include geographical elements in your brand and your, your visualization or your story or what you say about your brand. But everyone that works for your brand and interacts with your brand is going to be in a specific location. And, um, you know, in, in this remote work age, that stuff may not come out to like be visual publicly, but how do you as a brand help your your team members flourish in their own communities uh for example we have we have a a designer we work with uh on a different continent um she and her husband were doing this like they used to they they used to own a restaurant and they went out uh over thanksgiving even though they don't celebrate it in their country uh but they did this big food event uh in their community and it was like yeah Go do that. That's awesome. Send us pictures. That's I wish I could be there and eat your hamburgers. <laughs> so just <laughs> things like that where it's like, how are you as a company, like helping your your people um, flourish in their own communities, in their own local communities? Um, and then what kind of impact are you having on those communities? Like, you know, you would hate for somebody that works for you, for your brand, to go out and have a negative impact on their local culture and community. You want people to flourish where they're at. So I think that's part of it too, where we talk about branding and we talk about uh, ge geography and branding doesn't always mean that it's like this like front facing Patagonia style brand. But I think inherently, if there are people involved with your brand, there's going to be geography involved with your brand. So I think that's a hundred percent of all brands. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like the, uh, so even if we make a conscious choice as a company to say this physical location is where we're from and there's certain elements from that physical location that we portray, maybe subtly, it's not overt, but it's, it, it's there. There's undertones to our, our visuals, our communication style, you know, everyone has an accent, right? It's almost like a, there's a way that we have built into our language these markers of where you're from because you can recognize texas you could recognize the southern drawl you know that that's kind of cool because that's another way it's like oh representing where you're from uh as part of your personality or your human brand so even if we're so even if we're um not as overt and it's kind of there under the surface eventually that sense of place can can uh, marry with our other values our other personality traits and we can draw those out no matter where we are across the globe, like you just described. So 
if someone's in Singapore, for example, you know, they may not have this Arizona vibe to them, but what is it from our personality traits married with that Arizona vibe that we can encourage or draw out of people in Singapore? Like you just said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making Singapore up, but yeah. wherever that employee or that uh, person is, we can say, hey, invest in your local culture. That's a part of our personality. We do it in this way, kind of, because it's an Arizona vibe to it. It doesn't mean you have to do it that way in you know, wherever you live, but at least you're you're imbuing or you're uh, affecting your location with that kind of feel that came from our brand, right? It's interesting. It's kind of like multiplying. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, I think it's fine that it's not overt, that it's not, yeah, Patagonia, you know, <laughs> like the Arctic <laughs> or something, but um, it's still there. You can still feel it and you can kind of connect the dots and go, well, it actually came back from this feel or this vibe or this personality trait that we, we have. And that's how we started. And it's kind of evolved gone from there. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's, there's a, a more tactical benefit that comes from kind of leaning into location. Right. And that is that physical locations for brands provide opportunities for additional ways to, for people to experience the brand. Yeah. You know, it's like you walk into an office. Well, that that's a different experience than if you only ever had Zoom calls. If you ever only ever like experience a website and maybe a Zoom call with a salesperson and then the product itself shows up at your doorstep or they do something because they're a service-based company for you and they deliver it back. If you never actually walk into a physical location, in any kind of way, right? Whether that's like a permanent headquarters office type location or maybe a pop-up type experience at like a trade show or conference or um, even just meeting someone, you know, like, oh, I, I heard them speak at this conference and they had, you know, some swag with them or they had um, they had some slides, Right. And so like all of a sudden there's like these other elements that just start to get brought into the experience that are, that are really hard to do and hard to like really make meaningful in a fully digital experience. I think, I think brands understand this, but I just, I would encourage any brand who is thinking about, okay, we've got to navigate just more and more digital experiences. I think there's an opportunity to kind of flip that on its head and say, okay, let's do that. Let's make sure we take care of digital experiences for our customers, but also think about how do we create real world experiences with our customers? And maybe we don't have a big headquarters anymore. Okay, well then how are we going to facilitate at some point, right? Either for a temporary amount of time or a permanent amount of time, some kind of experience for people that is actually real that is tangible and physical and has a sense of location to it. I, I, I just, I, I think actually people are, are screaming for that. Yeah, they're craving it. Absolutely. I just, especially over the last three years, I, mean, I go to these events and we, we've been to some conferences that have come back since COVID and the people that are there, obviously this is, there's a bias towards the ones that actually show up. But the ones that are there, like they love it and they're really into the location and they want to really like experience things. And we're seeing it, you know, across the board and lots of, you know, data points beyond just of our personal experience. You know, people are doing a lot of traveling. People want 
actual like entertainment. They want entertainment experiences. And in fact, I'm, I'm hearing that perhaps that's part of the reason why some of the sales are down this year from, from, you know, the holidays, right? Like maybe people are not as stuff oriented and they're more experience oriented now, but every one of those experiences is tied to a location is tied to a specific place and time. And I, I think there's a lot of opportunities for brands to really not get too caught up in this like metaverse digitization of everyone's experience. Um, I'm not opposed to like, you know, throw that around the boardroom and have a conversation, but I think there's a lot of opportunity in the real world to almost say, yeah, we're going to zag while everyone else zigs into that digital stuff. I agree. Yeah, well said. And and I think it plays into some of what we're seeing with uh, the workforce and like the trends with uh, remote work. Like people crave that human interaction. And so whether or not, <laughs> so sometimes we see, I think their behavior and their beliefs are at odds. <laughs> That's true of a lot of people. That oh, every, yeah. Everyone, everyone yep. who's ever lived has that. We don't, we don't want to be inconsistent, but we are. <laughs> so we say, oh, we love our remote work and we never want to go into an office again. And mostly that's because it's inconvenient, right? I have a long commute. I have to sit in the car. I don't want to do that. I understand that. And it's hard maybe to live close to your office because, gosh, the rent or to buy a house there is impossible. So I get all those things. So we want the convenience of working remotely, but then we're disengaged. We aren't motivated. And it's not as much fun. And we don't know how to work remotely because some people don't know how to collaborate well remotely yet because, man, we miss our whiteboards and we miss, you know, getting in person. So there were still at that, I, even after, what has it been, almost two years now, trying to figure this out, it's, it's something's just not catching. Unless you're a very, very small, you know, focus group and you've been used to doing this already or, you know, you've built in those, those muscles and, uh, those rhythms and those patterns to make it work. But I think a lot of companies are struggling with that because man, I'm disengaged and I crave that interaction, but they actually closed the office. So now no one can actually go and have a happy hour anyway. And all the people yeah. that I used to work with aren't either at the company, they moved on or they they're too far away for us to get in person together. So there's just, I feel this like resounding sense in which things are not the way they used to be. And I'm not sure if I like it. There's parts of it I like, but there's parts of it, man, it's just not, it's not great. (laughs) Even, even if like you're a fully remote team and you're really good at doing that, you have these tools set up, how different is it when you do finally like meet in person? Like case in point, we have an operations uh, manager, Chris. Hi, Chris. (laughs) He's in Idaho. He used to live here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. He moved away like a year and a half, two years ago. And I'm on Zoom calls with him almost every day. He comes into town about four times a year. Every time he comes into town, it's like we give each other a big hug. Mm-hmm. It's like we haven't seen each other in like, you know, three months, even though we're face to face every day on a, on a call. But how different are those interactions? Same thing with like, we'll, we'll, have, we'll work with clients mm-hmm. um, across the country whom we've never met in person. We just, we've done Zoom calls, we've done calls, and we finally you know, maybe we go out there to shoot a video or do something, but we finally meet them in person. And it's like, we've been hearing about this person for a year Mm -hmm. and we finally meet them, even though we've talked like face to face on a zoom call, it's just different Yeah, in person, physical. It's just different. Yeah. Some so different in, in 
I don't know, special about that. I think it speaks to just the way humans are. Yeah. You know, it's just people have bodies. Yep. <laughs> people have. We are physical. We are physical yeah. beings. And as much as we love to talk about the metaverse or these digital worlds that we can create for ourselves, it's just not human. Yep. There's, yep. It's a, it's a token. It's a, some kind of visual reference, yeah. yep. <laughs> virtual reference. Well, and we have we have five senses, right? <laughs> and on Zoom, you only really use two, mm. right? I only can see you, and even then, I don't think it's it's not the full expression. It's not the full sense, right? Yeah, it's 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 disconnected, right? There's a there's a digital divide between us, even though you're being portrayed on a screen in front of me, and I can see you, but it's not really you, right? Mm. It's my screen. I'm actually just looking at a screen. I'm looking at pixels. Um, and then I can hear you, but even that, I'm not getting the full sense of auditory experience. Stuff's lost in the compression or just in the microphone. Yeah. And certainly if there's audio issues, oh my goodness, it's yeah. like, that's a terrible experience. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not, we're not smelling the same things. <laughs> we're certainly not touching, right? I'm not shaking your hand. I'm not giving right. you a hug. Right. Um, we're not, we're not manipulating things in the world around us together, mm-hmm. right? Um, you think about like the experiences of people that have deep lifelong bonds, right? Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, a squad that goes to war together. Sure. Part of that experience obviously is the emotions and the risk that you're taking together that's driving that bond. But part of it is also that you are like, you're living and dying together. Yeah, physical suffering. Physically. Yeah. For like long periods of time. Yeah. And there's just bonding that happens. You can think about experiences you've had where maybe you're like with someone that you haven't, maybe like a work trip, right? You can think about like sometimes those work trips where you're like stuck with somebody for three (laughs) or four days that you didn't really know before. and Yeah. You you spend all this time together and you find out like, oh, we have all these like opportunities to bond. Sure. That just are not there when we don't spend time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can't do that over Zoom. I can't eat a meal with you over Zoom. We can both eat over Zoom. Sure. But it's not like I'm in the same room smelling what you're eating and you're smelling what I'm eating and we're conversating about the menu and the experience, the shared experience that we're having. Mm. Um, so I, I tangented there quite a, quite a few times, but I just, there's this like sensory experience that happens only when people are in the same location. Sure. And so. it's interesting for e-commerce that also has a brick and mortar. Yeah. So like I was in a Best Buy yesterday and it's almost kind of Best Buy it's kind of shifted to being just like a almost like an Amazon warehouse but yeah. but so more of the space is taken is taken up by order pickup and yep just maybe customer service and not so much like the gallery or showcase of like I'm going to shop and I'm looking at all the cool merchandise cuz you do it online yep. um uh, i don't know it, 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 how, what does best buy feel like you know how do we so I compare that with like a disney yeah like where the, super the, high the masters at yeah. story and the physical and the the experiential and the sounds and 
you know, all of that combined. Like I, I never went to the new star Wars, uh, uh, experience, but I've heard it's amazing because it's immersive and you're like in a star Wars world and it feels like it. And, uh, so how do, how do brands that have that, um, maybe ability like financially, or at least the footprint to be able to think about those different things, how do they keep that? I don't know, moving in a direction that's more experiential and more mindful of it's not just uh, e-commerce, you know, add to cart, you know, <laughs> ship. It takes you know, work, you know? right? Like, I think yeah. it's, I think it's harder to do that. Yeah, it doesn't just. I don't think it comes naturally. This is a poor example, but I think of like uh, Applebee's when you're sitting in an Applebee's and you're kind of looking around. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's like the local high school football helmet up there, and like oh, yeah. the pictures and yeah. like the old jersey and. It's like they, uh, you know, it's part of their brand to kind of like yeah. take on the local the culture, neighborhood the neighbor. Yeah, the neighbor. Exactly. Eating good in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, it takes time to do stuff like that. Um, or what should a Best Buy feel like? Right. Like I interacted yeah. with two people uh, besides the website. I interacted with um, the wonderful cashier who picked up my order and put a little label on it. I said, there you go. And then I interacted with the guy on the way out said, thanks. Okay, bye. But Apple, on the other hand, their stores yeah. are a different feel, I think, than yeah. like a Best Buy. You yeah, can ex- experience and kind of play with stuff and yep. try it out. And yeah, that's a good. That's a really good point with Apple. Obviously, they could sell. They could sell all their stuff online, right? Um, but they have created this local experience. Not that like their stores have pictures of the Grand Canyon around, but it's like. <laughs> You can go there, you can physically interact with the product, you talk to people, it's an experience when you're going to your local Apple store. Like it really is an event to go in there. Um, And I think they've meticulously crafted that over the years. I think, I don't go into an Apple store, maybe like once a year, once every Mm -hmm. two years. Every time I go in, it's different. They've like changed it, it's like this new thing uh and it's oh it always feels like oh we're going into the apple store especially now that i have kids it's like we're going into the apple store (laughs) um and it's like it's different than you know shopping for a tv on costco.com or amazon (laughs) or whatever yeah um it's just different yeah i mean but even costco has like an experience right oh oh, absolutely you know sure Um, do uh it's a crazy experience it's like every time I go in there on a Friday night, it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> so many people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the Apple example. I think that's a good one. And obviously you can think of brands that have tried that and not really succeeded. Microsoft and Amazon mm-hmm. or two that yeah. uh, personally, I and I think this comes down to <clears throat> a little bit of culture, um, like your own brand DNA, right? That Apple... Apple's not perfect. They don't do everything perfectly, but they they try to do everything perfectly, right? And they really care about physical experiences because their products are physical. Amazon, I, I've noticed this over the years, uh, consistently fails when it comes to physical products, um, like over and over and over. Like it just, I mean, I heard what was this last week that Alexa apparently is probably like completely bankrupt as a division. Oh wow. Like they're spending like upwards of over 
I think $10 billion and losing most of it uh, each year on that division. And I kind of thought, yeah, that actually makes sense because again, we're talking about physical experiences. We're talking about putting Amazon in your home through a physical device. And yeah, it's got AI and it's like got all these digital technology behind it, but the heart of the experience is physical. And that's something that Amazon consistently does not as a culture doesn't get uh, because their core products are not physical. And I think, I think of Microsoft in the same way their Microsoft stores did not do well, right? They tried to do these like Microsoft, like very Apple store, their version of it. And I think they were particularly going after like Xbox consumers. Are they that. still around? I don't think so. I think they've huh. shut most of them down. Because I did go into one once and I was yeah. like, eh, it feels like they're copying the Apple store. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's where it's like, you can't just take the template from some other brand who's doing a physical experience and say, all right, we'll do that, but we'll put our logo on it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you have to actually like go to the, the foundational level of this concept of like, we're going to have a physical experience and we need to ask why, why are we going to have a physical experience? And then how do we do it in a way that is true to us? Right. And who we are as an actual brand with an identity. And that's still at the heart of like who they were. Right. And um, I know people don't love Amazon for the most part. Um, and I think there's reasons for that that are very valid. And I think some of them are also that Amazon doesn't know who they are. Um, I think some of this is a brand issue. But one of the things I think of when I think of Amazon is books, right? That's their core. That was the original product. Um, it's what they were known for. And for like years and years, it was also what they were um, decried for of like putting bookstores out of business. And I think there's an opportunity for Amazon to maybe earn some goodwill by like partnering with bookstores and doing things in that field or with, you know, they're into grocery now with sort of, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I think there's, there's ways they could think about like we provide what, like where are our core values, right? It's this idea of like democratizing product and allowing like anyone to sell product anywhere in the world right that's kind of the the core of the amazon model right so how do you do that and like what if you let different sellers into your storefront as amazon let's say you do an amazon store quote unquote amazon store what if you had like different sellers come in and just set up their own like pop-ups within your store so each one gets to create their own experience and you know kind of showcase new products and you just rotate that out all the time um that would be indicative of amazon it would also solve one of their core fundamental issues is that most of the brands on their platform nobody has any relationship with right um so i don't know that's me strategizing for amazon that might I'll also send them an invoice yeah that, yeah that might also like kind of go against their like why people even shop with amazon like I shop with Amazon because I don't want to go out of my house and go somewhere. It's easier. and But when I need to go like check something out in person, I'm probably going to Target or Costco or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a different way of thinking. Uh, so. Honestly, when I shop with Amazon, I almost have that same pit 
like that feeling in the pit <laughs> of my stomach as like going to Burger King <laughs> or like eating fast yeah, food. Yeah, they've kind of reached. They're the fast food it's of like, shopping. It's like, oh man, because I do a search and Amazon showed up on the first result. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go buy from Amazon. Yeah. yeah. I start going, can I just look at any other website? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No offense, Amazon. I mean, it's about convenience. Yep. It's interesting, though, what you just described, too, because it's almost like, well, I think maybe what's making a lot of money for Amazon is AWS. Oh, yeah. No, which that's is they make tons platform. Of their money. And so Amazon is a platform. Maybe that's their brand, is we are a platform for convenience. Yeah. I mean, period. And there's something interesting about that. I don't have an issue with, like, that kind of core idea of, you know, I, I don't know. I don't love the idea of like Jeff Bezos original kind of concept of we want to be the one place that you can buy anything. Right. Sure. Um, I think that's, that's not specific. Adam. That's not specific. Um, but if you were to like take a category and be like, we want to be the one place where anyone can sell product in this category. Okay. I'm down with that. Like that's kind of a cool idea. We want to be a platform for people to sell. Um, I think you could really lean into that a lot further and be like, we want to like, we want to unlock this entrepreneurial spirit that like yeah. people have to make stuff. It's the digital it. shopping mall, you know? And I think yeah. Etsy has captured that really well. Hmm. Like they are the, the craft person brand, right? Hmm. We're a platform to allow anyone in the world to make something and sell it online and reach anyone with it. Um, I think Amazon maybe had that at some point, maybe for like a hot second, but they have not leaned into like, let's actually make those people who make stuff the heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on Amazon and it's not about, it's not about the brands that you're buying from. Like, I don't recognize any of them. I have no <laughs> idea who they are. Um, and they aren't, they aren't compelling brands. I, even in the way that they're showcased, they're allowed to showcase. Everything feels very stark and templated and, you know, even when you do find one that's like, oh, they put some like nice pictures and there's some like good product spec documents on here. Oh, but there's a bunch of typos because they're not from the US. <laughs> they don't actually speak English. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's a whole different issue. But yeah. So, yeah. Location. Does it matter, guys? I think yes. it does. I think we answered that it does. I think it does for sure. That was a that's a good one though. That we're, we'll have to come back to that one again. Yeah, I think there's more to unpack. The Remarka Brand Podcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona, with hosts Mike Jones and David Kosand. It's produced and edited by Sam Pagel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at RemarkableCast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, find out more about the Remarkable Brand Podcast, or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode, check out our website at RemarkableCast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media, LLC, 2022.